Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sells Podcast, podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about dating, friend marriages, <laughs> toxic culture, woke culture, everything and anything. Literally anything. Male and female perspective. It's going well. Uh, we have subscriptions available, neilcolhacker.com slash podcasts. We also... Uh, have the option for you to send in a question and we will discuss it. And we've got a good question for this one as well that we'll get to, I think, about halfway through the podcast. Do we? Yeah, it's a good one. It's a nice one. Love it. But before we start this podcast, we have an announcement. If you've been listening to our podcast recently, you know that things with Neil haven't been too smooth. But you know what is smooth? My balls. Thanks to the first ever sponsor of our podcast, Manscaped. When you're ethnic like me, you need all the help you can get cleaning up the groin area. So luckily, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Manscaped has just launched in Australia and I bought my boyfriend the Lawn Mower 3.0 because I thought it was fitting because he's a landscaper. And the battery life is crazy. It lasts 90 minutes. You can listen to this podcast, have this running and then still have enough battery left over to give it a good shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom the shower. And as a woman, this has my tick of approval because I hate seeing pubic hair in the sink. One of the coolest features is the LED light for a closer and more precise trim. And trust me, I need all the help I can get. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Wish some of my toys could upgrade to that. It has a beautiful charging stand, all powered by USB. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code sexcells at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure you use the code sexcells. It's in the description. It's in the comments. Get yours today. It smells so good. I can't. Click that link. (laughs) Use that code, guys. Please, for the love of your balls. (laughs) <laughs> and anyone that has First to see ever. them. <laughs> <laughs> that has to endure the horrors. Get the ball of your toner. Testicles, that droopy sack. That's the best thing I've ever seen. I had no idea that a ball toner, I don't know what it does, but I smelt it. I've sniffed it. It's incredible. Yeah, she was genuinely upset. She was sniffing it for like 10 minutes. It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't her, it's it. essential oils for her now. Literally, there's a ball toner and what was the other one? Deod- ball deodorant. Incredible. Yeah, they're really going all out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um, changing the topic a little bit. From balls. From balls, yeah. from, from genitalia. I'm going to talk about, look, we did a podcast two weeks ago touching on this. I was trying to talk about love versus manipulation. What is controlling? What is manipulative? But I think we both want to delve a bit further into that. Yeah, definitely. Because there is definitely a culture today of calling out things as toxic mm-hmm. and saying I'm not putting up with this and 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 creating boundaries but then it's weird it seems to be if a if a girl creates a boundary it's a healthy boundary but if a guy puts out a boundary it's toxic just not always but that not always but I it is common yeah if, if it, yeah like i said last time sometimes we like to label like toxic and narcissistic and men love to label women as crazy that's the one and yeah psycho. psycho and crazy yeah. all the time yeah, so it's not – and also just not even in relationships. Like nowadays it's like I had a toxic boss. Yeah. My my boss was so narcissistic, my Every colleague. Every boss is yeah. toxic now. Yeah. I mean, they're a boss. They've got to tell you what to do. <laughs> you well, know? you know what they say, the best CEOs are narcissists and probably sociopaths or psychopaths. Yeah, I got accused of being – well, of something I did was narcissistic and then I was looking into it and then – People who are narcissists and psychopaths, they obviously don't go around being like, I'm a narcissist. They think they're the victim. So then I was sitting there for like an hour being like, fuck, if I was a psychopath or a narcissist, how would I know? Actually, no, I think they do know, though. They're just like, you know, when we um, in therapy, we say you will never get a hard client unless they are a true narcissist that you can't work with them no matter what. Like nothing would ever get through to a narcissist because they're like, who the fuck are you to tell me this? Yeah, right. You dumb brunette. Like, okay. Well, then I'm not a narcissist. No, because you'd be like, wait, really? Maybe I'm a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But I wouldn't know because a psychopath would be like, I'm doing what's justified. Psychopaths are like highly 
unemotional and unempathetic. If you were going to be anything, yeah, it'd be okay. a sociopath Ooh. where you become like super emotional and, and charged. And but it's all a, char- a charming facade yeah, to like, get your way. I'll kill someone for you or like, you know, you murder someone out of anger. Whereas a psychopath would plan your murder Ooh. for 12 years kind of thing. Okay, I'd be closer to a sociopath yeah. maybe, but... There you go. <laughs> but there Fun were fact. okay. So we probably do have to touch on this. By the time this podcast goes out, it m- is most likely out of the headline news in Australia. But the Attorney General Christian Porter being accused of well historical rape. So the rape apparently occurred, allegedly occurred, I should say, in uh, the late eighties when they were on a school debating trip. Now the um, complainant has very sadly committed suicide. Um, what's your take on? on all of that. I don't know if you've kept up to date with that. Oh, gosh. I hadn't that much because I've heard about it and I've seen the reactions, but I didn't know that she she had suicided. Or she, she suicided before it even came out. So Who? she sent in the report last year. Wow. And then I think she killed herself last year. So we don't know her name. We don't know. The public doesn't know anything about her. And it's obviously very hard to do an investigation when the person who is accusing someone is dead yeah um so the the main uh conversation is around should he step down due to an accusation should there be an independent investigation most people i suppose most uh people on the the quote-unquote left if you will want there to be an independent investigation they want him to step aside as that investigation occurs he has since taken mental health leave again by the time this podcast goes out, it would have been about two, two and a half weeks. So I do apologize if we're um, talking about issues that have since been out of the news cycle and there could have been all sorts of developments since then. Mm. Um, but then people, I suppose, on the quote-unquote right are saying, why should someone have to step down due to an accusation that hasn't been proven? Um, even if he did show a pattern of inappropriate behavior, that's not proof that he committed rape. And then he did a big press conference where he we cried during it. And some people were saying, well, good on him for seeking mental health. He couldn't possibly be guilty because he's emotional, he's crying. Someone who's guilty would be angry and defensive. <laughs> no. Um, and then, yeah, other people are saying, no, he's a, he's a psychopath. He's using his uh, tears to manipulate and to play the victim. Hmm. So we don't know. I don't know what happened and I don't... We, the, my thoughts upon hearing some of the accusations of psycho, psychopathy mm. would be, well, someone who really is innocent and is totally overwhelmed and is going through a very stressful period in their life would cry and would feel stressed and overwhelmed and, and, and that's not to sort of take away any... Yeah, but if you get caught victim. cheating, you cry. Like people cry from shame and regret and embarrassment. The, yeah, like, yeah, they cry from all sorts of things. Yeah. So it could be a cr- crying of guilt as well. Yeah. So, I, yeah, okay, that's a good point. I, no, I wasn't trying to say, oh, because yeah, he's yeah, crying, he's innocent. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying it's someone who was innocent would probably cry as well. And then someone who's guilty but is a manipulative psychopath and thinks they're the victim would cry as well. Yeah. So I don't think just the tears can be attributed to guilt or innocence yeah, either way. That's it. Yeah, because I don't know. I wouldn't cry if... I would cry if someone had made the accusation about me, probably. Yeah. I, oh, without, yeah. yeah. And and if it's public and in the media. And if I had been, if I had done something and I was caught out, probably cry. But if I was, I don't know. I feel like if someone, actually maybe if someone accused me, I might not cry. I might just be like, okay, well, you prove it then. <laughs> I didn't do it. Like, I don't know. Ooh, Who'd, that could be, yeah. That's how, it depends on what kind of accusation it was. Like if someone had said to me, oh, Eliza touches children, considering the field of work I work in, that would be so just like shocking to me. I'd probably cry and be like, "What? Well, that's the most like horrendous statement that's ever been made about me. But, I'd get angry if someone just individually accused me of that. But then if it was all over the media yeah. and people were pressuring me for it and I felt like I actually was being trialed by the media, then I'd cry. And then you have people like us sitting and being like... That's true, yeah. Where's Becky's tears mean? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, No, I was just wondering what you think the the sort of process might be, should be for 
when people in positions of power get accused without anything having been proven? Do you think they should step down? I don't think they should because then that does set a precedent of, well, just being accused because then you don't know how long that process is going to take. You could be out of yeah. That's the a thing. Investigations can years. take years. Yeah, I mean, my my hope would be that they would have a really good PR advising them to make that decision themselves and say, look, take a step back just for the meantime because you're not going to do anything, you know, impactful or helpful for yourself or your career by being out and having everyone bash you for it and working. But I do think that there should be an independent um assessment or like you know investigation of it but having worked with a lot of sexual assault survivors the fact that it happened that long ago it's highly unlikely anything would come along along from that in the 80s let alone even a couple of weeks ago it's really hard to prove something so Mm -hmm. especially if she's now suicided which is so sad it's very sad yeah Yeah. It's, it's a very sad situation i think that the only way that something could kind of come from this is if other victims of his step forward and it's not common that people if she what was her relation to him they were on a school trip together so he was 17 she was 16 and they were on a debating team that they're from i think perth or adelaide and they were in sydney right um and then it was three guys and a girl staying together and then he really acted quite uh, arrogantly and then raped her gosh and he's denying the whole thing well at least maybe they can actually get some more answers or if there's so many people on the school trip like did she tell anyone afterwards how is she acting who are these other two guys where yeah. was the teacher supervision what were the sleeping arrangements I, I can barely remember school trips from 10 years ago let alone <laughs> 30 years ago yeah well i mean Depends who you ask. I remember everything. Okay, well, there you go. I remember <laughs> some <people's> things. Names. <laughs> I don't know if I'd remember if someone was acting differently. Yeah. Like that. You know, I wouldn't know about it. But if it was out of the ordinary, you might. Maybe. Yeah. yeah that's a fair point. He does have a history of cheating and things like that and being mm. a bit of a Shady. making sexist jokes and being, right. being a pig, mm. if you will. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean he's. It shows a little bit of his character. Yeah. But I don't think that's enough to convict him. No. It's yeah. a tough one, anyway. It's not really my, definitely not my area of yeah uh, commentary, really. But I just thought we'd need to touch on it because it's in Australia and where our podcast is sort of in that realm. Yeah. Gosh. Hmm. No, I'm sad now. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to make you sad. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. But um, I guess that kind of comes down to one of those things as well. Like in, in relation to what we're talking about is everything is subjective and people are going to have torn opinions on everything. Exactly. So, so it is related to the toxic. Yeah, and so, yeah. I did bring it up because a lot of people were saying he is a psychopath. And yeah. I saw tweets about people saying psychopaths uh, and manipulators, they hide their manipulation with charm and kindness. Now, that's probably true, but then are we setting people up to be wary of anyone who's kind and charming, you know? Yeah. That's what that's my only concern. The thing is like about this whole labeling everyone as toxic, narcissistic, or manipulative is that we can't just put every shitty behavior and then define a person as one of these things. So even this guy if he's a if he is a rapist, yes, he's the scum of the earth, whatever. But and he's a dickhead. I don't support that, obviously. But I'm not going to label him as a psychopath because you know just because someone does something so terrible doesn't automatically give them a diagnosis. It's like me saying like, you don't like cats, you must be autistic. You know, like just kind of making this connection. Um, I do get why people make the connection because it's like, oh, if you have empathy and this, you you wouldn't do it. Clearly, you don't. But it's just we have to stop kind of labeling everyone and putting them under this umbrella or into a box Mm. i think in general no matter what they've done it doesn't it doesn't help it doesn't really do anything i'm reading up on social psychology at the moment and they differentiate between um situational and dispositional attribution Mm. so a situational attribution is when 
someone partakes in an action and and that action is defined by the situation. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if someone is uh, running late, you say, okay, there was a situation, that, you, you know, there was bad weather that day. Yeah. So it's external factors. Mm-hmm. Whereas dispositional attribution is internal factors that cause them to be late. Oh, they're, they're just not, they're a lazy person. Yeah. That's why they're late. Yeah. So we tend as humans to make entire judgments of people's characters based on a very select knowledge of what that person has done or who they are yes and even in relationships i think people can do this because somebody can make a very bad whether it's a mistake or say something really out of character but then you attributed an, an entire personality or a narrative to that person yes. that didn't exist before. And that is a dispositional attribution. Yes. And not a situational attribution rather than, okay, there's all these things going on at their work or the the relationship is in a rocky place and, and then they were angry about this and then they were upset about it. And then mm-hmm. there could be all sorts of factors. Yeah. Again, it doesn't I'm not nothing ever excuses uh bad or malicious behaviour. But I think it's. I think we should strive to look more at the situation than than the person. That's it, and also, you know, if someone cheats on you or like really fucks you over, doesn't necessarily mean that they're genuinely toxic or like crazy or or anything like that. It means they've done something that's brutal, and if you want to break up with them for that, power to you. But I think that it's actually not helpful to us to label people as that. And I think, you know, in my own research, I was telling you before that I was trying to look up why do we label people as this? Why has it become so trendy and common out of nowhere just the last few years? And on the internet, there's nothing about it. When you Google those words, all that comes up is how to see if, how to identify as someone's toxic, how to identify as someone's manipulative. Like there's nothing kind of actually answering this question. But I really think that it's kind of like we, we are, being very influenced to be open and talk about our own personal experiences and reflect. But we're also, you know, as part of this woke culture that's happening, but we're also at the same point putting ourselves separate and above it. Um, And I think actually by saying you're toxic or he's narcissistic or he's manipulative, it's almost a sense of like self-righteousness and just putting myself in a position of power. I'm above you because this, this, this and this. And that's not really a helpful way to think for anyone. I think we're so careful to look out for oppression Mm. and tyrannical behavior that we're over-policing it. Yeah. And seeing it where it may not actually be. And everyone's flaws, yeah. And and if someone makes us feel uncomfortable, we automatically think we've been wronged. Yeah. Which says something, I sound like a boomer, but it does actually say something about our generation and Gen Z. Yeah. As soon as we feel uncomfortable, oh, it's the boss's fault. They're a yeah. toxic boss. Yeah. Well, that mentality does, I'm not saying it's not the boss or it's not your partner. Yeah. But it does, uh, if you immediately jump to that, it absolves you of any personal responsibility. And that's yes, the qualm does. I have with it. Yeah. And if you're talking to people that are in your social circle and in your tribe, if you will, so, you know, you talk to your coworkers who have experienced the same boss, talk to your friends who are friends with you but not mm. your partner, mm. well, they're going to be your cheerleader. Yes. They're going to champion you. Yeah. And comes back to something i said a few podcasts ago which is when a crime is committed there's a reason you get 12 random people from mm. the public and not a biased group that yeah. are on your side and in your favor and then we do that online we look at people who agree with us yeah we only follow people who agree with us so we're getting into this well we're getting into political echo chambers we're getting into individualistic echo chambers as well yeah where Everything is toxic. Everything is manipulative. As soon as uh, someone else has, I perceive someone else has wronged me, that's toxicity. Yes. And then it's kind of giving us this false sense of, you know, an ego boost and the sense of I, I'm aware. Look how much I can recognize this in other people. I can recognize toxic people. I can cleanse myself of, of narcissistic, manipulative people. But really, I think it's kind of you're having the reverse 
effect that you think you're having. You're becoming less and less aware by thinking any kind of human negative behavior and then saying that person in its in his entirety is is toxic. And realistically, every single person has toxic traits or is manipulative or narcissistic at times throughout their life and in their relationships, no matter what you do. Like even last night, I was complaining as a joke to my friends um, that uh, like my boyfriend, I have a sore back, as you know, and my boyfriend was saying, oh, I massage her constantly every day. And I'm like, no, you never do. Like it's only been three days last week, whatever. And then my friend was like saying to my boyfriend, See, this is where you got to be careful, Adrian, because Eliza will make you think that you've never massaged her, but you have kind of thing. It was all in humor. But even that, like, you in guess, a way. You gaslighted him. Yeah, maybe gaslighting and maybe manipulating, you know, like it's all kind of, you can't never do it. And if you do, I maybe I don't want to live or be with someone that is going to be like, look, the way that you use the word savage as culturally inappropriate and I don't like that or the way that you say this is is offensive to this you know community or or anything like that not that you should go around saying stupid things but yeah you can't you can't have you can't police every single aspect of someone and genuinely some people I know people are going to message me after this and then be like well that's kind of dismissing my lived experience of a shit or abusive boyfriend or like a crazy boyfriend because he was toxic he was this like I think you know we have to also look at our own perspectives on it you know I've had um like a a crazy romantic I guess partner who I was seeing for a little bit and he was like what I would consider really um you know, off the rails and I'd never even talked about on this podcast before because I was genuinely concerned a little bit about speaking openly about it because this is this is someone who um like had huge, huge, huge meltdowns when I met him and I didn't know but he was, you know, homeless and then jobless and then um had a a, a myriad of um mental health diagnoses and he was really losing it. And also then found out he was snorting <laughs> like way too many high dosage of um Ritalin and I tried to kind of you know take a step back and I first I was helping him I I got him therapist got him a counselor I drove him to his um ex his his um family home picked up his things tried to help him kind of get on his feet yeah and then was like you know you gotta you gotta sort your things out like wishing you best of luck but unfortunately because I'd showed this person some kindness he really took that to heart and then stalked me for a year, like literally stalking. He'd ring my doorbell at two in the morning, three in the morning. He'd stand outside my apartment across the road, just looking in. Like he was there all the time. Um, I had to get people that kind of help me getting in and out and things like that. Send me like thousands of texts a day. Anyway, the moral of the story is that I never once said this person is a manipulative, narcissistic, psychopath, like He's so toxic. I literally just looked at him and and thought, this person is so unwell, like so, so unwell and needs so much help. Um, I'm not going to, you know, enable him because I feel bad for it. I'm not going to go and talk to him and be like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to keep putting my boundaries and say, if you keep doing this, I'll go to the police. Sure. But it's, it's there are our own personal perspectives that we have on it that's kind of important. Yeah, I mean, that's a very extreme case but most of them but we're labeling that's my point it's like that's extreme but most most of these cases aren't that extreme but then we're saying exactly that's psychopath kind of thing yeah yeah so okay there's a there's a range say if that's one end of the extreme and then there's one where i don't know a guy or a girl it seems to be the guy in most of these cases (laughs) is maybe not leaving you a thousand texts a day one text a day. Yeah. You know, is that toxic or is that someone who, and maybe it's a former, a person you saw for a few dates or something like that. But, you, you know, there's just gray areas here. Like, is yeah. that, I would say that is pretty obsessive. Um, what would you, if someone texts you every day, once or twice if, a day? Oh, if you've said to, the, if you're no longer seeing them and you've said, I don't oh, want to see you anymore. Right. Sorry, I should have <laughs> said that. Um, 
Oh no, if you're seeing someone, that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit confused there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sense. it's different for every person. That's the thing. Yeah. But I think that's where, tell me if I'm wrong here, but even seeing some of the, just, just hearing my friends anecdotally, mostly female friends and hearing some of the stuff on Twitter, I think people are wary of their empathy being used against them. Yeah. So they feel as though I've maybe been in previous relationships where I know I was taken advantage of and I lost my sense of self-worth and I felt terrible Mm. because I just felt bad for this person. Yeah. And so then as soon as you feel bad then in another relationship, you immediately think, okay, this person's taking advantage of me, this person's manipulating. But it is very natural to feel bad for someone in a at, at times. Yes, of course. In a relationship, sure. it doesn't mean they're, they're – it could. Yeah. doesn't mean they're manipulating. It's very yeah. subjective. That That's mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, you, do you expect to never feel bad for someone in a relationship? Yeah. And then no, but that's pretty – that's a bit extreme. At the same time, now I'm seeing everyone claiming to be an empath. Everyone. I've seen that as well. What is this, the empath thing? Like, what does no, that mean? You're not an empath if you see a dog die and then you feel really sad. That doesn't make you an empath. That just makes you have empathy. Like, it means you're a human, be- yeah. it means you're a human being, you know, like, this empath thing. It's-, <laughs> it's empath. It's so rare if you would have that. First of all, it's not an actual true, like, diagnosis. And I'm not at all dismissing it because I have you – know, there's people in my life that I truly believe are empaths. And those are the people that – um work like I have a friend who she works um with me basically and in with families and she will just leave a home or a family that she's visited and just like break down and cry because she's so sad and she's so like heartbroken or whatever and be so worn down from it and I have you know the same situation happen and I go home and I'm like writing plans making notes kind of things and I have so much empathy obviously I feel sad and I've been like I've seen the most horrific thing today let's get through this let's let's see what we can do for this kid but she it's like so impactful on her that she can't function through this pain you know there's Mm. so many different types of of it. And that's just like one aspect of 50 components of being a true empath. Hi, Shorty. <laughs> I'm an animal but empath. I didn't see, I'd never heard of that term till I've done some of this cursory research for this right, podcast. And yeah. I saw people on Twitter being like, I always fall for psychopaths because I'm an empath. Yes. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I'm not trying to judge them yeah and i don't know what they've gone through exactly that's the thing it's like yeah are you an empath or are you do you have poor boundaries or is this person someone that reminds you of a previous relationship or your father or is this someone that you feel that you could fix is it someone that you're sexually attracted to so you overlook these things like but then people like no i'm an empath like you know it's it's kind of hard there's a fine line between okay when love is unrequited it's so it can be construed as so toxic. Yeah. But when it's mutual, it's just two people madly in love. So if you do as I'm sure everyone who's listening to that this is aware, when you're really in love with someone, you do some pretty extreme things, right? You might be writing whatever, make poems for them and, you know, wanting to see them all the time and they're Saying never yes off your mind. yes to being pegged, you know, those kind of things too. That's, that's <laughs> sure, happening. yeah, you do whatever, you, whatever it is. All about like it. you do crazy, crazy things. But the second only one person is in love, yeah, it is look at you, – you observe that as a neutral person and you think that person's crazy. Yeah, and that's the problem with love. It is craziness. Yeah. You know, was Romeo toxic and manipulative to Juliet? Was the guy in the notebook? He wrote a letter every day. That's pretty obsessive. <laughs> yeah. If that happened today, would someone be like, you're manipulating me by... Hand it to the police, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Well, this is the thing. It's, that's why it all comes down to, <sighs> like, our own individual perspectives. And if you're the type of person that genuinely thinks you have so you're so surrounded by toxic people and narcissistic people and manipulative people you really need to look at yourself like to compare even just like personally i I very very rarely like maybe once every couple of years i'll find someone i genuinely don't like but overall i'm just i'm never like i don't hate anyone obviously i see people i'm like douche whatever i roll don't think about it but when someone is like so you're so hate 
full of someone and you're so bothered by all these people you're meeting all around the time, that's actually something that that person isn't causing you to feel this way. You're causing yourself to feel this way. And that's this isn't a victim blaming thing. It's like that kind of example I used in the last podcast. If you call me a bitch, I might laugh and be like, cool, but you call someone else a bitch. That's that could be a huge trigger for them and, and something yeah. so aggravating. And, so And you can't project your ideas of what's appropriate onto the world. Yeah. And then that comes down to, well, it's almost cancel culture on an individual level. Mm. It's, hey, this person didn't do a bad thing. They're a bad person. I'm going to cancel them from my life. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's cancel culture on an individual scale. Mm. And can I, what do you think is the difference between setting healthy boundaries versus controlling behavior? I think we did touch on this two weeks ago. So let's just be brief about it because I know just something that's been on my mind for obvious reasons, but it's been in my mind recently. Um, mm, I think. What's the difference? Because I think some people mm. would, would, it's subjective and some people would think, um, when you are madly in love with someone, you do you 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 do some extreme things, I suppose, and then that's seen as an expression of that love. Some yeah. people see it as you're breaking my bed. Ba- I mean, they were talking to Shia LaBeouf's ex-girlfriend. Um, there was an interview, and I I was actually watching this. You know, I don't think it's an MRA, but you know, in that sort of sphere, yeah. you probably won't be happy, but. Um, he was commenting on the interview and, you know, she was saying things like, at first he was so wonderful, he jumped over my fence to confess his love, but I've since now realised that is a boundary that should not have been broken. <laughs> a physical, literal <laughs> what the fence. Fuck? He jumped over your fence? Yeah. Like, what is, come on. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's the thing when we, it's, like, we look back on things and then we we change the 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 narrative of a situation and be like, hang on. When I reflected, I see this and that. But in that time and moment, you were in love and happy and fine with that. And that to you wasn't a boundary. And, cro- bound- and maybe in the future that will yeah. be and that's fine for you. But when it's happening, if it's something that you enjoy, it's it's really unhealthy for yourself to be thinking that was wrong. This was wrong. You know, that. And there's a lot of psychology that states even just on cancel culture, when we you know, I am about, I am for obviously eliminating people from your life that don't have, you know, a positive impact. Well, you can't eliminate everyone that doesn't have, you can't eliminate your bosses, your family, whatever. But I'm for, you know, limiting your time with people that could be seriously impacting your mental well being or your state of well being. But with just people being like, nope, you know, this person's toxic. She said this, or this person said, that skirt is ugly. She's toxic. I can't be her friend anymore. This kind of avoidant cutting off of everyone and just cutting it like this actually absolves us of responsibility to reflect on, first of all, our own triggers. If you're triggered by something, everyone has triggers and that's fine. But if you're triggered by something, a trigger means that there is something in you that needs healing. You know, there's something in you that needs resolving or there's something in you that's, you know, kind of a soft spot for you Mm. and we certainly all have our triggers but instead of just being like no go away from me we need to think about like why 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 is this a trigger for me and use this as an opportunity to learn more about ourselves like let's say you say to me um eliza that color is really gross on you and then i just kick off and then i really should be think rather than just you know cutting you out of my life being like neil's toxic I should really be thinking, why is this, you know, what's beneath this? Like, why is this offended me? And I'll be like, at first I'll be like, well, you call me ugly. Well, what's what's beneath that? It makes me insecure. Well, what's what's beneath that? I need, you know, I, I, mm. this is a, something that happened in my childhood where I had very low self-esteem. What's beneath that? It's a value for me to feel, you know, um, worthy of someone or, you know, that someone can find me attractive in a romantic relationship, you know, these kind of things. Um, but mm. when you just eliminate someone instantly, you take away all that that reflective process, which is really self-growth. Um, and you kind of put yourself above them and then being like, I'm better. I am self-aware. I'm woke because I cut this person out. Yeah, and we all have talked. I mean, what, if you've never in your life done something well, if we're saying manipulation is just a, using someone's empathy 
by uh, evoking their emotions. What, like you've never done that in your life? And not consciously. Yeah, yeah that's it. Like you've never yeah. talked to your friends and been like, I've, I just feel so stressed right now and I'm so overwhelmed and I'm being really sad. Can I not go to – I don't want to go to this birthday or something. You know, you, yeah. it, it, what, you've never done that. Like give me a break. Yeah, I literally did that today i was supposed to see my friend after i go from here and instead of being like hey i can't make it um sorry i'll catch you next time i literally wrote an essay to her being yeah. like i'm so sorry i completely forgot i've got a presentation tomorrow at 10 a.m it goes for three hours i'm training staff and i haven't made the presentation it completely slipped my mind i know this is really shitty i'm really sorry can we do it monday or wednesday like you know this bloody essay and she's like yeah all good kind of thing yeah 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 so in a way, I was kind of trying to get – I wasn't being that. like, I'm going to play on her empathy. I was thinking I need to, her to understand why I'm not coming and, and really, like, appreciate that. I wish I could. I would if I could, but – There's a difference yeah. between explaining context and making an excuse. Yeah. Yes. And I think yeah. people are quick to jump to say that's an excuse. Yeah. And it's the same with even if you're having an argument with your parents – and they say, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you study? Well, this was going, I was sick. Oh, you're making an excuse. No, I'm just, I'm not saying yeah. I should, I agree that I probably should have yeah, done it. exactly. But yeah. can I not. Provide context exactly, to why. Yeah. And maybe tell you a little bit about what's going on in my life too. Mm-hmm. The, I guess the most, the healthiest way to articulate something like that would be like, I hear you. I am sorry. I should have mm-hmm. done this. That was a social obligation I should have attended. Yeah. Um, it's not an excuse. This is what was going on in my life. This is yeah. what, how I felt. Yeah. But I am still sorry. Yeah, perfect. I think that would be the best way to articulate. And then if you hear something like that, you've also got to – because I've got to get better at that. I always assume – I don't assume I'll be your toxic and I've got to cut you out, but mm. I found that is a bit of a trigger for me when uh, people have said they're going to do something or say something and and then they don't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you don't, you know, you don't respect me. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to just get better at thinking like, no, they're probably, they have their own life and I'm sure there's something going on. Totally, and, totally. Um, there's a fine line you got to walk because you can't, you know, you can't be a doorman and just overlook everything. And I know I have a tendency to do it, not because I'm like so wildly empathetic that I'm like, it's okay, it's fine. But because I'm like, well, I could call out my friend for this and have a go with them, like, you know, have a fight. Or I could just be like, yeah, let it slide, whatever. Like, it's not yeah. a battle. I'd, ra- I'd just rather not fight, to be honest. I'd just be like, well, this is my choice. How am I going to react to this? I can't, be, I can't be fucked to have a meltdown. So I'm just going to be like, mm. yeah, no worries. Catch and you next you, time. And when you are a – I'm not a boss. Well, I guess yeah. I am technically. Hey, you know, for, for, for example, if someone – if I'm paying someone to, to do a job and then they are going through certain personal issues mm-hmm. but I've not been made aware of that or they've downplayed it and said, yeah, I can still get this this done, but then they don't get it done. And then, you know, I don't want to be an impersonal. I don't want to be a, a, a robot and say, oh, you didn't get the job done yeah. and I'm paying you for that. Yeah. But at the same time, as someone who needs to, you know, there's a responsibility here for me to, like, keep the output going. Yeah. I kind of have to say, look, you didn't do the job. Yeah. And then if they say, oh, but all these things going on in my life and things, and I'm like, there's two sides of me then. I'm like, look, I feel really bad, but I got to not pay you this week, right? Yeah. So there is a point where it can become, I don't think it's manipulative, yeah. But you do put people in awkward you can put people in awkward situations if you're always talking about Something again not personal. making an excuse but yeah. making too much of that emotional context. Yeah. Because then Yeah, I mean That's this is a similar position. It's yeah. not it's it's um someone who not you, Steve. Don't worry. This guy who edits this one. Not we a, love you, Steve. He's, he's, he's like the best. He's Steve's like, a great editor. So organized. He's great. Um and again, yeah, I, I don't think I'm being manipulated or anything, but I mean, there's been times, you know, a few years ago where someone was just not doing the job and they kept saying, I'll get it to you soon. I'll get yeah. it to you soon. I just, man, there's just all these other things I've got to do. There's just mm. this other thing going on at home. And I'm like, yeah. now I feel like the bad person because I'm like, I have to put my foot down and say, no, 
I'm paying you. Yeah. You don't get to make this excuse. Otherwise, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But it was already like 80% done. So I can't mm-hmm. be like, well, I'm going to give it to someone else yeah. now. So I had to keep pressuring him. And then I didn't feel bad pressuring him because I know he is. He genuinely is going through some personal yeah. issues. And I'm not the victim in that situation. Obviously, he is definitely going through personal issues. Mm-hmm. But it's just a tough one to navigate. That's it. It's so hard. Like I have that situation currently. I, I supervise um, a team and I had one employee employee who's kind of new mm-hmm. and he bailed on a shift very last minute because his cat um, needed surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, when someone bails on a shift on the nature of my work, it's a huge, huge, huge ordeal where courts involved and things like that. So it's kind of like when it's last minute struggle. But he sent me a photo of his cat wearing the little cone around its head. And I was like, oh, my God, of course. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's okay. Whatever. It's a, And plus, you know what? It's the first time. That's fine. But uh, there's another person in um, the team. And to be honest, he has he does have genuine, you know, things going on at home or whatever. And it does mean that the work is quite severely impacted. So we had this meeting last week and yeah. I said, um, you know, this is, this is what I'm seeing and I, and I get where you're coming from, but look, this is what we're going to do. On Monday, we're going to do a training together and we're going to go through, you know, report writing, court procedures, this, this and this. And then we're going to track how we progress and, you know, we'll check it in four weeks. And if it's something that you can manage, that's that's great. We're going in the right direction. If it's something you need support in, we got to like, you know, review this together. That's, my, that's why I had to bail my friend tonight yeah. to write that presentation well, for tomorrow. <laughs> and then it's not, you know, you're not being a toxic boss. Yeah. You're yeah. being a boss. Exactly. <laughs> just, just what a boss you has gotta to do. you got to be empathetic, but you got to be like, well, it's, the shit's got to get done one way or, or another. But um, I also think that one of the, the interesting points that people fail to realize is that often, and not just often, but it's, you know, this is backed by research and psychology that what we fixate on in other people is something in terms of negative aspects often or and positive is something that we either value or dislike in ourself. Oh, I, I'm, ever since I heard that, I've been pondering that for yeah. so long. And I think, well, obviously I'm so viscerally anti modern woke culture and then i was i was ruminating on that i'm like am i attacking something that i'm fearful of in myself yeah i might i might be because i was very attracted to that culture early on and there are elements of me where i think previously i have unintentionally victimized myself and and blamed external factors when Mm -hmm. it could have actually been me and that's why i'm so yeah. It's a possibility. I don't know. I still believe what I believe in. Don't get me wrong. But that's a very confronting thought. When you gen- genuinely meditate on that, that's a, it's a severely confronting thought. And you also have to, <laughs> you know, have the thought, you'll instantly deny it, but then you really, really got to be like, let me just sit on this for a little bit. Let me think, Ooh. David. Because obviously there's going to be things that people that you hate in someone like if someone says i bashed my gay kid i'm gonna probably really dislike that person but i'm not gonna be like i dislike him because i must want to bash gay kids or whatever that's a different circumstance but there's there's times like for example this is a couple years ago but my um my friend introduced me to her cousin and was like, the three of us have got to hang out. She kept talking about him all the time. Like, you got to meet Jake. you got to meet Jake. And I'm like, okay, I'll meet Jake, whatever. Um, went out for drinks and I just found him so annoying. I couldn't like deal with him. I was like, this guy is so loud and he's so inappropriate. All he does is talk about sex and like, I can't handle it. He's so frustrated. And then I told her afterwards, I was like, I don't want to hang out with Jake again. She's like, that's so weird because... Jake is literally, I literally have been saying to everyone, Jake is the male version of you. I thought you guys were like so similar. And I was like, fuck, man, this is, that's, that's oh, why. There you go. Yeah. There can only be one of us, Ooh. all right? Only one inappropriate sex talker here. <laughs> Not two. But yeah, so <laughs> it, was it, was a, just, it was a threat yeah. to your position in the social, uh, in the social circle there. Yeah. You know, something I've realized I get really, really triggered about is when people, sort of attribute what I meant by either a joke or, or something I said in in a different context. So, yeah, yeah. So when people will say that joke was racist, I'm like, no, it wasn't. No, I know it 
what it was. It was racist. Like it drives me yeah. mental. I'm like, yeah. so you, you think you like you don't know my mom? Like what? I don't. I just go so psycho <laughs> yeah. with that. I actually get so triggered. And um, yeah, when people will say something like you're being manipulative. Yeah. Well, that makes me go <laughs> kind yeah. of manipulative because I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> How dare like I yeah. get so triggered when someone attributes uh, the you know the the undercurrent of what I'm yeah. tries to explain to me what I'm saying or doing yes because I feel like I think it comes down to me feeling like I'm not being heard and also maybe de- being disrespected. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone would find that triggering. Don't get me wrong. When when when. Yeah, that's a, this is another way in a previous relationship, not the recent one, um, the, the ethnic one. Um, when I, I gen okay, they, I was saying I was explaining something which sounded far fetched, right? Yeah. It sounded a bit like, oh, is that really what you meant when you yeah. said something like that? Mm-hmm. But I genuinely did, mm-hmm. and I kept saying, This is what I meant, this is what I meant, and she was like, Nah, you're lying, you were lying, uh, you were lying, and I lost it. Yeah. I was like. I, I think I stormed out of the room or something because I was like, why? If you you you, you don't trust me, you don't listen yeah. to me, it's the most triggering thing for me. So there you go. You know how to trigger me in the comments, right? And then she goes around and, and is like, if you weren't lying, you wouldn't have been upset like this. No. I <laughs> and that's even worse. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so that when people aren't, oh, when they attribute malicious motives to me. Yeah. When in my reality, I mean, again, I, I can't, uh, what I've realized now is I, got, I can't argue with the, an effect of something. So the effect of my words may have made someone feel like it was racist, may have yeah. made someone feel like, well, lying, because that's an objective. It's either a lie or a not. Yeah. You can't say, I feel like that's a lie. Yeah. Where something like, I guess, controlling manipulation, yeah. it's like, I feel like I'm being manipulated. Again, I can't argue with that mm-hmm. because that's your reality. Mm-hmm. My reality is that I was not yes. intending to do that or I was not lying. I was not trying to be racist and mm. it, it drives me insane. Yeah. And so that's why um, I can deal with certain hate comments. I can deal with the most racist, abusive hate comments out there like, mm. F off, you brown this, you're not an Aussie, whatever. I just Mm. genuinely laugh at that because I'm like, cool, more ammunition for for me to make fun of them, right? But the comments that are like, I think I posted one of my story a few weeks ago where it was like someone was like, oh, this is the guy that made that Nazi film. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the the brown guy (laughs) made the freaking white supremacist film, bro. (laughs) And he's like, I know what you were doing. I saw your film. Don't try to hide from your intentions. Oh, God. Wow. Fuck, he wasn't in the room with me. I, really, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to be, I'd, I'd never get violent. But like, yeah. dude, that, when it's like, you're not listening to me. At, at the very least, like, I love debate and I love discussion. Yeah. So if someone can say, I can see that your intention wasn't to make a Nazi film of yeah. it, but this is my argument as to why it was. I would listen. I would 100% yeah. listen. But yeah. when they just project that onto you, mm-hmm. Like as you can see, I'm very I'm triggered yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, it's just like it, nothing will drive me crazier than someone saying like you're lying yes. or like you're yeah. racist, you're this, you're that. Ugh. And when I know I'm not, if they can at least say it came across that way, yeah. then I can I can engage in a very civil conversation. Then, or if they can say, do you think it could be? Do you think, do you want to maybe think about what you just said? Yeah, that's it. It's the power of language. And everyone needs to take responsibility of their own emotions. And I can't like harp on about this enough because no one seems to grasp this concept. And they're constantly looking at other people and they're like, you treat me like trash or you, you're so disrespectful or you're belittling, not like belittling, but no, really what's happening is, I'm feeling unworthy. Um, I'm feeling underappreciated. It's not you got to stop blaming yeah, everyone that's else. What I'm that's to, yeah, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. This <laughs> this is the issue. Is oh, that, no, I'm trying to do that more. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Because I. Well, I don't. I I do. I get. I just get angry and then I lash out angrily, which mm. never works. Nothing ever yeah. comes out of that. Um. But I need to. 
be more, I suppose, just mindful and not so aware, you know, detached from my ego. <laughs> yeah. That's... Look, this person's just projecting their worldview yeah. onto you and I can't control that. If they think I'm a racist, if they think I'm whatever they think, mm. but if they're not willing to, like, present it in a constructive, constructively critical way and just attack me. Yeah. Cool. I don't. I think that person is toxic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where I, I would say that yeah. I just don't want to engage. And also, if you if you're someone that is like frequently finding yourself labeling or or not labeling, but if you're just finding yourself calling everyone toxic or narcissistic, you're like, why is this happening all of a sudden? Why is everyone around me t- so toxic and manipulative? Like, really, you actually may. It's manipulative to call someone else manipulative. Like, if I turned to you and said like Neil it's actually really manipulative that you respond to um a YouTube comment about your Nazi film and try to make that person out to be the bad person that's narcissism and manipulation like no (laughs) really if I'm calling someone out like that maybe I'm the manipulative person by trying to make you feel shitty trying to make bring you down a notch trying to hurt your ego whatever try to help hurt your self-esteem or make you question things like this is the manipulative behavior and we so often see like girlfriends or boyfriends saying like babe what you're doing right now is manipulation by saying you want to watch you know, rugby with the boys when this is the kind of thing. So it does say it's pissed you off. Just say, I'm I'm upset. I'm angry. You don't have to word it like I do and be like, I feel unworthy. You can say, I'm fucking pissed, man. Like this has upset me, but at least you're, it's your own emotion. You're labeling it as your emotion kind of thing. Mm, yeah. So you're saying this is how I feel rather than this is what you're doing. Yes. To me. Take responsibility for your reaction to other people's words and other people's actions. Yeah. Look at your any any way you react, no matter what, even if you if you cheated, if we're in a relationship and you cheated on me and I'm upset, yes, I'm upset because you cheated, but that is still my reaction. I need to be, you know, responsible for my reaction because I can't go and murder someone and then say it's Neil's fault. He cheated on me. You know, like it's not saying you can control and just be like, oh, well, I don't care. Yeah. You know? And then, but then that context thing comes into it again, right? Yeah. So then if you, if I cheated on you and you said some really horrible, hurtful words or you, I don't know, you, you burnt my clothes and you said Shorty was a shit cat. Yeah. And you took my laptop and threw it on the ground, right? Yeah. Now, if then three weeks later we decided to try and have a coffee and, talk about things i could say why'd you do that that was so unnecessary you reacted yeah uh childishly Mm. and then you would say well i did just find out i got cheated on you reacted badly yeah and then you just end up in this cycle yeah yeah so it's this constant like well you did this so i did that we did it but but there still is a bit of content like if if you're allowed to say i think well i was angry that I'm not ex- yeah. I'm not excusing my behavior. Yeah. Yes, I shouldn't have thrown your laptop on the ground. Yeah. To give you context, I was angry about you yeah. having cheated on me. I think again that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. But to say, well, you deserved that because that's I was angry. An and then I'd probably yeah. say, look, okay, maybe the laptop was a bit much, but yeah, I did cheat and mm. you deserve to be angry. Yeah. So you at one point someone has to compromise in those situations yeah. and say I can see that you were upset or angry about this thing. I'm not excusing it, nor am I mm. sort of saying that I sh- I don't feel uh, I I shouldn't feel upset about it. But I'm willing to try and forgive that. Yeah, someone's got to try yeah. to eventually. Get, yeah, get to that point. Yeah, or just be like, I understand. I know. I know that you would have been totally fucking raging because I've cheated on you. Yeah. Um, and then. In response, she should be like, well, that, yeah, I was, I was raging so much. I can't believe I broke your laptop. I'm going to replace that. Like, you know, yeah. e- either way, it's, it's give or take. But if you're, <laughs> you get a new, you cheated and you get a new, you end up you with a new, get a new upgraded laptop. Yeah, yeah. that's manipulation. I'll pay for half of it. That is effective manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a new podcast. How to, that is a thing on TikTok, actually. You make it's someone like, go so psycho that they feel bad. 
how to be a toxic <laughs> girlfriend, how to be a toxic boy. But oh, that, that um, you know, kind of what you said before where you said, no, you deserved it, you cheated on it, is the single most unhealthy thing that you can do for yourself because you will find yourself repeating the same relationship cycles over and over and over again and thinking every single person you've dated is trash and shit and horrific and blah, 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 blah. But mm. that's because you haven't put yourself in the center of your own world and your responsibilities and your emotions and your actions. It's so easy to blame other people for everything. And yeah, if if someone does something shit to you, I'm not saying be understanding and take your own responsibility. End it with them or or have a you know, have a go at them and say you're pissed off, but don't just absolve yourself as a of anything and then put yourself so much higher than them. It's just not good for you. And we all got to kind of whip ourselves into shape with that, I think. It's a tough lesson to learn. Yeah, there can be some pretty uncomfortable conflict in personal relationships, not just romantic relationships. And by just avoiding the conversation and saying that person is toxic and they're not a... Yeah. Now, I just said a few minutes ago, right, if someone was continually projecting mm-hmm. my intentions onto me, there's only so much patience I think I could have with yeah. that person. Yeah. So if they were just continually telling me, this is what your intentions were. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I can't engage with someone like that. But if it's just a heated discussion about two perspectives, you know, you should have done the or you should have done the or you made me do it because, you know, just your classic argument or whatever. Yeah. That you got to be willing to sometimes do that and hear each other out. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, it, and, it, and, and yeah. And if you just want to avoid it and say, well, that must be toxic, I'm just going to avoid it. Well, we're going to go through your whole life just avoiding anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. And that's a big issue with um, our youth these days. Absolutely. But that's, yeah, you're right. You're spot on. We can't just avoid things. We've got to kind of tackle it. And also I think the biggest factor, though, is your personal investment in this. Is it worthy of trying to, you know, if if someone is saying these things at you and it's a friend or a partner or a colleague where you're going to be around them, it's worth trying to kind of hash it out and work on it. But if it's a stranger and, yeah, and they're like, you made the Nazi film or whatever and you don't know who they are, then you can either say, you know, fuck off, you twat. It's not going to make you lose your self-awareness or personal growth because you're not invested in this person, whatever. You may say that and I may just look at that and be like, oh, my God, I'm not going to put my energy into this because I know I'm going to get so worked up and end up on a three-hour cyber fight. Like That's what I've got. I've done that before. I've gotten into traps then. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that's me being quite – maybe in that situation, I would admit maybe I am controlling to a degree because I expect everyone to – give credence to my true intentions when realistically not everyone could ever do that. There's always going to be some people that just don't like you and think ill of you. Mm. Um, whereas I'm just, obs- I, I get into this mindset of like, oh, I need to show them that I am not a liar or I am not a Nazi or I'm not this yeah. bad thing that they've attributed to me. Yeah. Sometimes even if it is a stranger or if it's someone I don't really know that well, I just get just this, the ego really comes out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, I will. <laughs> Have I told you that one story of the guy who recognized me in public that threatened to bash me? No. Okay. And by the way, look, I did say we're going to do a question. I think we'll do that in the next podcast. Sorry, um, whoever submitted that. <laughs> that's okay. um, uh, so I'm walking down just here in my suburb, going to the gym. And there's a funny story as well. I'm uh, walking past this guy who's putting some boxes into a van and he starts looking at me and I'm like, okay, he's recognized me, yeah. right? Yeah. He's looking at me and he's kind of giving me that look as as though to say, yeah, I know who you are. I've seen right. your videos. I get yeah. that all the time. Yeah. Not to brag or anything, but I yeah. just do. Yeah. And so I'm walking past and I give him like a bit of a nod mm-hmm. and he goes, are you good, bro? And <laughs> this is the funny part. What often happens with especially ethnic guys when they recognize me because I'm known for the ethnic impressions, they'll just shout ethnic accents at me, right? So they'll be like, oh, bro, what are you looking at, bro? And I'll be like, oh, fuck, I smashed you, bro. (laughs) 
So this is what I thought was going oh, on. Oh, no. This is what I thought was going on. He's like, are you good, bro? And I'm like, yeah, you good, bro? Oh. And he dropped the box and he stands up, he staunches me like, bro, fucking say that to my fucking face, you dog. I'll oh fucking knock you. <laughs> and I'm and I'm still <laughs> this is the funniest bit. I'm still wondering, fuck, he's taking this impression pretty far. <laughs> like he's going pretty far with it. And I was like, Oh my god. I don't want to risk that he's actually angry oh, at me. So no. I walk away to the gym. Yeah. And the whole session I'm just confused because I still wasn't Holy sure shit. did he actually want to bash me? Yes. Or Yeah, I know <laughs> but then but then, then the story continues. I walk out of the gym later and he's still there. Oh, no. And then we make eye contact and then uh, we actually go up to it. He, he, he walks up to me and he's like, and I'm like, I sort of wanted to try to ask him like, well, what happened before? Was it a misunderstanding? Like, I wanted to actually yeah. say sorry if I, I didn't mean to offend him or whatever. And... He's like, bro, your videos are so fucking racist, man. And he's like, <laughs> oh, my god! I'm like, which one? Tell me which one. And then I'm like, all right, you want to have this? Because I get, I, yeah. I, like I just said, nothing triggers me more than that. And this is a guy, he's, he's bigger than me. He could bash me up. Yeah. I don't know, now I'm a, nearly a black belt. We'll see. But In what? Taekwondo. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, one belt. Wow, that's so impressive. Good on you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I've been boxing a lot, doing a lot of taekwondo. I mean, I'm still a pretty small. I'm like 70 kilos or whatever, but um, good on you. An average size guy. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go in the cage. Um, but anyway, this guy was probably. Oh, I'd say he's a big guy. He's like six one. Mm. You know, fit. Yeah. Like he could he could beat me up. <laughs> and then um, he he's like, yeah, I've seen your videos, man. I saw that one. There was this stand up bit where I say I'm from a suburb in Sydney called Brighton Lasands. It's the poshest sounding suburb in Australia with the least posh people on the planet. Common conversation you'd overhear somewhere else in Australia would be like, hey, Margaret, do you think we should invest in real estate or retail? There's a conversation you'd hear in Brighton La Sands is, Oi, Costa, do you think there's more protein in a beef kebab or a lamb kebab? <laughs> and he's like, why are you saying we can't be posh? We can be posh. Uh... And I'm like, are you kidding me, bro? Like, first of all, the name is Costa. That's a Greek name. And he's... He was, he's Lebanese. I think he told me he's Lebanese. I'm not just. Look, oh, Shorty's he's... putting her paw on you. She's like, don't get heated. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> she's seen me pretty heated. And um, I was like, first of all, Costa's a Greek name. Yeah. And then he's like, nah, bro, I know what you're doing. And that's when I went. So I'm uh, like, oh, you think you know what was going through my mind when I wrote the joke yeah. to you? Yeah. And so then I was like, I- I'm trying to argue with, with this guy. Even though he just threatened to bash me. What an Aries. I was like, look, look, look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's such an Aries. I'm like, all right. And I'm trying to reason with him. So I'm like, all right, all right, let me give you this hypothetical. Like if I do this, 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 oh this. So God. what if I said this name? So you can't, I never said you can't be posh. I'm making a joke. Like, well, you think that's right? And then and then he's like, you know, I could bash you. And I was like, yeah, you could. But that doesn't mean I'm wrong. Like I, said, <laughs> I actually said that to him. Oh and I was like, you're wait. I, I was trying to, def- I was trying to, um, Deflate it. D- yeah, deflate de-escalate, the, the yeah, yeah, de-escalate the situations. I was like, bro, you could 100% bash me, all right? Yeah. If you wanted to fight me, you could. So I said yeah. that. And then he was like, yeah. Because <laughs> like, he's just this guy <laughs> that thinks, ego if you're bigger, you're better. Yeah. So then I was like, but. <laughs> and then I kept going. <laughs> and then for a good 10 minutes, we were just arguing in the middle of this pretty public street. Oh, my God. And then at the end of it, I was like, look, if you think that way, agree to disagree. He's like, nah, I know what you're doing, bro. And I'm like. <laughs> Agree to disagree, man. Agree to disagree. Oh, my God. And then I tried to. I think he did actually. We did like a fist bump or something. It was really random at the end. That's so Um, funny. But, yeah, that's just an example of when someone's attributing malintent. It's something I clearly need to work on. But Yeah, one of the best lessons I ever learned, or maybe it's not even a lesson, but something someone told me once was people can only met you as far as they've met themselves. So he's not going to understand your logic if he can't even comprehend that kind of thought process or or high thinking or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, he couldn't. I don't think there's much thinking. You know, going sometimes on. you can say things that to me seem so simple, and they're like, no, 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 that's not that's not how it works. And you're like, yeah, 
it is. But then I'm like, they just they don't have the capacity to understand this. <laughs> yeah, it's that American yeah. slash ethnic male mentality of just like, I'm going to be the loudest and the yeah. most authoritative and that means I'm right. And repeat the same oh, sentence yeah, 11 times. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're dumb. Okay. <laughs> Ameri- Americans do that, I think. They're like, okay, so this is the real reason you need to listen to to me. And it's like, you're just using volume. It doesn't mean yeah, you're right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> True that. Anyway, um, any any final words for this for this podcast? Stop calling people toxic and <laughs> manipulative, <laughs> and that very highly of all of them, unlikely to be truly narcissistic. Like it's extremely unlikely oh. that someone. That we've all apparently experienced three narcissistic boyfriends or whatever or girlfriends. So, and no one, if they are sad and and they're even crying or they're angry, whatever it may be. Okay, I'm a trained actor, right? Do you know how hard it is to fake cry? So when I hear something's psychopathic or manipulative, mm-hmm. I feel like that implies your you're faking these emotions to make me feel bad or you're exacerbating these emotions. All right. It is very difficult to fake cry. Even the best Hollywood actors, you can't to cry on cue. Try it. Go on. It's not easy. (laughs) When someone's crying, they're, they're whether or not they're right or wrong. They're definitely feeling those emotions. Let's overload your really inbox. Psych- Everyone send a video of yourself crying, <laughs> yeah, smiling to crying in 10 cut, seconds. Cut some onions into it, sure. But <laughs> no, that's so true. That's it's it. not easy to do. It's yeah. it's it's um exceedingly difficult. You can do it. You can say a person's like a dickhead. You can say a person's being a total, you know, fuckhead or whatever. But just be careful how you instantly label people for your own benefit and, you know, level of self-awareness. That's my final words. And Thank also, you. sorry to whoever submitted a question. It's like, today is the day. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Next week. <laughs> Next first week. First thing we do. All right. Okay. Uh, subscribe, neilcohanker.com slash podcasts. We, uh, ha- we have questions available and we have one, two, three dollar subscription options. Uh, subscribe and follow the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And check out our wonderful sponsor in the comments and in the description, manscaped.com. If you use it, sex sales. send Neil before and after photos. Of your balls. Yeah, yes, there you go. He send me it. your porn. Yeah. Send me your dick pics, your ball if pics. If you're older than 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't send me child porn. Jesus. Are balls? Yes. <laughs> they are porn. Okay. Yeah. What point does it not become, like, is an asshole? Yes. <laughs> what is what about the little bit between the balls and the ass? Yes. So anything in that groin area is porn. Even if you, what if, if it's you, the inner thigh, a picture of just the inner thigh. <laughs> Kinda. It depends on the the entire context of yeah, the photo yeah, and how yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway yeah. let's not go on Thanks this one. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Bye.